Can't pay the IRS? Haven't filed in a while? Receiving threatening letters? Yeah, it's about to get worse. The IRS is hiring an army of agents targeting hardworking Americans like you. You need warriors on your side. You need Tax Network USA. Tax Network USA employs brilliant strategies to solve your IRS problems quickly and in your favor. For instance, they've discovered a limited-time special offer that the IRS is willing to waive $1 billion in penalties. Find out if you qualify before it's too late. Never call the IRS alone. Let Tax Network USA attorneys handle it. They have preferred direct lines to the IRS. They know which agents to work with and which to avoid. They've resolved over $1 billion in tax debts and offer a best-in-class guarantee. Schedule your free consultation now. Call one 800 245 6000 That's one 800 245 6000 Or visit taxnetworkusa.com slash victor. Taxnetworkusa.com slash victor. <laughs> Hello, gentlemen. This is the Victor Davis Hanson Show. I'm Jack Fowler, the host, the star and namesake. That's Victor Davis Hanson. He is the Martin and Ely Anderson Senior Fellow at the Hoover Institution and the Wayne and Marsha Buskey Distinguished Fellow in History at Hillsdale College. He has an official website. It's called The Blade of Perseus. You'll find that at victorhanson.com. I'll tell you a little later why you should be subscribing. And today's episode or edition is sponsored by AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens. And I'll tell you more about that later also. Victor, I was, I'm not too far from you as we're recording. I was up in Napa and on beautiful, the way beautiful, down. Beautiful, beautiful place, Napa. Oh, yeah. 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 It's Tusk- go somewhere for a conf- conference. Yeah. It might as well be Napa, right? New World Tuscany. Yeah. But I think kind of equidistant from where you are and I am right at this moment is a an illegal Chinese biodump. And we will get your thoughts on that, Victor, and uh, what's in your neighborhood, Mr. Mr. Victor, and, uh, and a couple of other topics. We'll get to them right after this important message. Have you heard of cancer-fighting foods? The American Cancer Society discovered diets rich in fruits and veggies may actually lower, lower your risk of cancer. Hopefully you hear this and run to the store for five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. If not, you should consider adding Field of Greens to your daily health regimen. Each fruit and veggie in Field of Greens was doctor-selected for studied health benefits. There's a heart health group lungs, kidneys, and metabolism groups, even healthy weight. What your body needs is found in each scoop of delicious Field of Greens. Will Field of Greens prevent, treat, or cure cancer? No, but it's so powerful, it promises at your next checkup, your doctor will notice your improved health or your money back. I got you 15% off and free rush shipping. Visit fieldofgreens.com. And use the promo code VICTOR, V-I-C-T-O-R, for your discount. That's promo code VICTOR at fieldofgreens.com, fieldofgreens.com. 
Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Fuel up for them with Factors No Prep, No Mess Meals. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factors Fresh, Never Frozen Meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great tasting meals. Make today the day you kickstart a new healthy routine. What are you waiting for? For our listeners, Factor is giving you 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month when you use the promo code VICTOR50 at factormeals.com slash VICTOR50. Choose from six menu preferences to help you manage calories, maximize protein intake, avoid meat, or simply eat well-balanced. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Remember, to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month, head to factormeals.com slash victor50, that's V-I-C-T-O-R-5-0, and use the code VICTOR50, that's code VICTOR50, at factormeals.com slash victor50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. We're back with the Victor Davis Hanson Show. So, Victor, I saw the news, I think it was yesterday, that in uh, Reedley, that might even be adjacent to uh, to, to uh, Selma. You'll give us the geography. Uh, it, it, I will in a second. When you get done, I'll tell you. Okay. All right. An illegal Chinese bio lab is located there. It's been operating illegally since October 22nd. And when I say Chinese, I always mean red Chinese, communist Chinese. Victor, it's a it's, um, big story. A Daily Mail, a big piece on it. It's very disconcerting that in rural America, the red Chinese have found uh, places to carry out their nefariousness. And right in your own backyard, Victor, what do you think about this thing that's close to home? Well, it's 13 miles from my home, and from the pictures in it, it looked like either the Harry Aslan, uh, excuse me, the L.R. Hamilton. When I was a kid, 16, I worked there three weeks in that packing house. I can't remember the name. It was either, um, I think it was L.R. Hamilton or Barr. I can't remember. But anyway, I, I packed there. And you so mean I, in the I, very place where this stuff is? You yeah, worked there once? Yeah, I mean, everybody. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it's on Ninth and I Street on the west side of Manning Avenue, which is I Street, as I remember. My dad taught uh, and was an administrator at Reedley Junior College. So in my, I do a lot of business there. The, the local DMV is there. My dentist is there. And uh, I used to get allergy shots there. So I, I know the community. I, I, and, of course, Sammy has a long uh, history with Reedley. But... Uh, what I'm getting at is there has to be one. Uh, NBC was the only major story, new uh, network to break the story so far as we're speaking. And it's been known since March. It was local blogs and even the Fresno McClatchy Bee didn't really want to run with it. And the more you read these accounts, it's got to be one of three things of which three. I'm not sure which one it is. So we can very quickly go through the uh, the alternatives. Alternative number one 
It's just a grifting foreign-owned company that had a precursor in Fresno that was trying to capitalize on Gavin Newsom's billion-dollar lavish subsidies of testing kits, protective equipment that he just, you know, wanted to make sure he had a lot of, and he he just lavished these uh, state funds on questionable consortium. And this earlier company was fine for for issuing thousands of inexact and fallible COVID test kits, and it went under. And this company uh, bought it and took the inventory and moved it to an obscure place. Reedley's pretty, it's not on the 99 freeway, you know, it's on the railroad tracks, but it's way out there uh, near the Sierra and uh, 12, you know, 12, 13 miles closer to the Sierra than where we are. So my point is, then it was just incompetence. The guy had no money. He, this other uh, subordinate company that maybe they had invested in went broke. They went up to Fresno. They grabbed all the inventory, which was lab mice and testing materials and instrumentations and apparently vials of vira and bacteria that included parasitic pathogens, viral pathogens, bacterial pathogens, and they ran the gamut from measles and malaria to COVID uh, itself and AIDS, HIV, and they had it in this place unsecured. And it was just an accident that they found it. Somebody was driving by and the inspector, he saw a hose. He said, hey, I didn't think anybody was, was inspected that. They went in, they didn't have a warrant. They saw the mess. They went back, they got a warrant. They went in there, they were shocked. There were dead, 200 dead mice on the floor, another thousand malnourished in cages, toxic vials everywhere. They called in the CDC. They called in the state health department. They called in all of these university experts. And they've been doing this from April, May, June, July, apparently. And we didn't know about it. So what is it? Is option one, I guess, Jack, is, as I said, it's just an incompetent broke country, uh, company run by Chinese nationals who somehow get into the United States and they hear about free government money and they set up a fly-by-night operation, get the money, and then produce an inferior product, get fined, and go broke. And that's just the residuals of that company. The second is it is in an obscure place. Readley's very obscure, and it has got a lot of pathogens, and this is the more nefarious um, suggestion that it's akin to the Chinese balloon, you know, the balloon fiasco. In other words, a some can, you know, a deniability company that says it has deniability of culpability with no connection with the Chinese communist government decides it's going to go out in the middle of nowhere in rural California. I say that about my own town, so don't think I'm disparaging Reedley. But they go out in the middle of nowhere and then suddenly they have in their possessions pathogens, which if they were released in some manner, I'm not sure how you do it from the vial to weaponize it or it gets infected, but you know, it, COVID was pretty easily transmissible. They're testing to see if that could be possible. And that's scary because if you have Chinese related companies and they have in their possession deadly pathogens and no one knows about it and they're in rural America, then it's analogous sort of to 
this balloon going over rural America? Are suddenly these strange entities buying up farmland next to strategic uh, military sites and bases with complete exemption? Are Chinese shipping uh, fentanyl to Mexican cartels? So what I'm getting at is they're always probing us to see which non-kinetic modality they can really hurt us and this might have been something along those lines or uh they're just totally crooked i don't know who they're incompetent they're crooked they didn't answer emails they're just a bunch of guys that came over here set up a sham company and had no real attempt to do anything hired some people and it's a mess i think it's a mixture of options a and b that ostensibly they wanted to make money by creating cheap test kits they got caught they were fine they went broke this other associated company uh, ran up to Fresno, went in and got anything that, that was valuable before their creditors secured it. They went down to an obscure place where nobody would find it. They stored it there, and then they were thinking under the radar to start up again and make maybe test kits for these various pathogens. That is the charitable, but they're also in contact with the Chinese government. And in that process, I'm sure that they are delineating the methods of how easily they were able to be in possessions of, of bacterial and viral agents in case of some future necessity. And that's what China does with its uh, Belt and Road, its Silk Road. Every every type of overseas investment is aimed at two, really three things. Enrich China economically, financially. Screw the host country that allows you in somehow. And three, have a military uh, element or weaponization in case of a future conflict that you're, you have some ability to probe the interior or back door of an enemy. Well, Victor, the fact that this is this information has been circulating a little locally, but not yet other than the Daily Mail and you said at NBC, but not really yet fully broken by the U.S. media um, reminds me of something you were talking about uh, with Sammy on a previous podcast. You've talked about a number of podcasts. Yeah. If, if it's if it's something related to Red China. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's 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 off the media. Uh, except, just, imagine if this was in happened in in Florida. Imagine if Ron DeSantis is Florida, some Chinese bioweapon a place was found. Maybe that would be covered as a an example of poor. Uh, no, I mean, no, you're absolutely right. I was channel surfing late at night the other night. Had some insomnia, and I I just looked at Taken Three. Or maybe it was taken two, taken three, I think it was. And then I looked at the equalizer kind of action uh, movies. Yeah. And, and, and who, who's the villain? It's always some guy who's tattooed with orthodox Christian symbols with this creepy Russian accent with a ponytail with all sorts of rings. And he's a white type of supremacy type person who's at war with people of color in the United States. He's your archetypical villain. And you can say and stereotype him all you want. Every single Hollywood action movie, when they look for the villain, it's a Russian. And when you think about it, the Chinese are absolutely brilliant in their propaganda because every time you criticize them, they retreat to racism, 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 Japanese internment, Chinese exclusion law, yellow peril. They all they did that all through uh, allegations uh, 
of COVID, I remember writing things and getting things from Stanford entities to the effect that it, don't you dare get out of your lane and suggest that that COVID lab had any connection, you racist, because China's sacrosanct. Maybe it's goodwill from World War II. I don't know. But the I think it's mostly investment and brilliant Chinese fang fang like uh, know how of how America works. And the Soviets are just inept. I shouldn't say the Soviet. The Russians are inept. The Soviets weren't. But the Russians come off as stereotyped white supremacists, tattooed mean guys, and you can do and say anything you want. And by the way, it has some connection. Not only does it mean that we're appeasing the Chinese, and I don't want to, I'm going to be very careful what I say because I, I don't like Vladimir Putin. I don't like his government. I do like the Russian people. But my point is this. We don't know, Jack, the full effect of the last six years when we said Russian collusion, Russian collusion, Russian collusion. Russian collusion was dreamed up by Mr. Dushenko and Mr. Dolan and Mr. Steele and Hillary Clinton. There was no factual basis for any of it. And then uh, we had the laptop. Russian disinformation, Russian disinformation, Russian disinformation. Vladimir Putin had nothing to do with Hunter laptop, Hunter's laptop. So what I mean is that when you continually demonize these people, obviously you've broken any diplomatic channels that you have to work with them. And that, that's after saying that Vladimir Putin has been appeased also by Joe Biden. He has the worst of both worlds. And, uh, and what I mean by this, Jack, is we have gratuitously stereotyped Russians in general, and we have demonized uh, Vladimir Putin as some type of nefarious interfere with U.S. politics that was untrue. At the same time, we've appeased him. Joe Biden said, if you're going to hack, you know, don't hack hospitals. If you go into Ukraine, I won't react if it's not a major offensive. If you go into Kiev, let me get Zelensky out as quick as possible. Oh, I don't want to send javelins. I remember Barack. He didn't send javelins when I was vice. But, oh, by the way, remember how Barack got caught on the hot mic in Seoul in March of 2011? Uh, uh, this is my last election coming up, and I will be flexible on missile defense if Vladimir will give me space, which he did, and which Obama complied with by getting rid of it. And the whole reset was an appeasement. So that's the worst of both worlds, to talk loud Lee and carry a small spick. And it's contrasted, people might not want to hear it, it's contrasted to Donald Trump when he was president. He talked sweetly to Putin and he carried a terrible stick. He got out of an asymmetrical missile deal. He upped sanctions. He flooded the world with cheap oil. He sold Ukraine offensive weapons. He killed 200 mercenaries in Syria and told Putin to he'd kill more. So, I mean, it's just he was very tough on Russia and Russia for the first time uh, since 2014 did not go into Ukraine. He did in 2014, 2014 twice. He did in 2022 as soon as Biden was in power. He did under the weakened administration of George Bush in 2008 when he went into Georgia. But he did not go in during Trump. But Trump never demonized him. In other words, Trump's whole modus operandi was talking nicely about Kim Jong-un, a complete murderer, and Vladimir Putin, and then just treating them really tough. 
tougher than any other American president. And that's how you do it. And so we have speak confusedly and carry a big ice cream cone. If, if that had our, been that's our foreign policy. In a word, you're right. If those had been Russians that were found in Reedley with vi- this, that thing would have been all over the news. It would have been the New York Times would have had a whole team out here and it would have they would have tied it to Ukraine and white supremacy and Russia today and everything. But China and it's so weird because Russia is a country right now of 144 million people. China is 1.4 billion. And it's a con- Russia has a smaller economy than California. China's is about 75% charitably, if we use traditional metrics of the US GDP. It's almost up there with us. Russia's just nothing. Economically, it has a lot of nukes, but that's about it. So the existential threat is China. And yet they give it a pass and they fixate on Russia because it's easy uh, because the popular culture demonizes all Russians as your archetypical. They used to do it with South Africans. Remember, it was always in um, Die Hard. Die Hard. Exactly. They are the uh, Mel Gibson movies, buddy movies with Danny Glover. Russia Russia made very... Very few people rich, but China, red China has made thousands of people yeah. millionaires or maybe even some billionaires. America. Uh, I mean, Hollywood basically looks for a foreign right wing white government that has that's that's not very popular in the world scene and then overdoes it and says that all South Africans, white South Africa, all Russians are our existential enemies and makes caricatures of them, which is OK for. I mean, they're they're hostile people there, no doubt. But one or two movies, but every single one and almost nothing about sinister Chinese. And I don't think we're ever going to see a movie. It would be a brilliant movie if Hollywood would ever make a movie about the escape of the lab virus in Wuhan from the Chinese side and the role of Dr. Fauci and Mr. Collins, Dr. Collins, Francis Collins. And I guess you could say, well, we've talked about it, but easing that narrative or fueling that narrative. Victor, I mentioned before that I was in Napa, so I was a bit of a drive down here, and I got to listen to uh, one full uh, podcast and half of the other one with you and Sammy, and they were great. And on one of them, you um, you and Sammy talked somewhat about uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. I'd just like to return uh, to that one one quick thought, and then we have some other topics. But, but before I get there, I mentioned earlier also that we have a – a sponsor, and I'd like to take the moment now to welcome that sponsor, AMAC. AMAC is the Association of Mature American Citizens, and it proudly champions Americans' right to free speech, religious liberty, and the Second Amendment. AMAC defends parents' rights to protect their children, and it's fighting to restore America's election integrity with more than 2 million members nationwide. That's pretty big. AMAC is a pro-faith, pro-family, and pro-freedom organization. And I'm, a, I'm proud to be an AMAC member. I've been one, I, I, I said I've recorded a, a, an AMAC spot also. I said five years, but I think it's actually seven years. They have a terrific magazine too. Well, anyway, I'm proud to be an AMAC member and I encourage our listeners to join today. Uh, let's send AARP a strong message that it doesn't represent conservative seniors. Join AMAC today at AMAC. Dot us forward slash victor that's a m a c dot us forward slash 
V-I-C-T-O-R, amac.us slash Victor. Thank you, AMAC, for being a sponsor of the Victor Davis Hanson Show. So, Victor, I don't want to uh, believe, uh, press on too much more on RFK. I'm sure our listeners, as I said, have, have heard a bit about your thoughts on uh, him in the most recent podcast with Sammy. But I did note uh, notice when, when I began my trip out here in California, I was watching uh, Sean Hannity had um, Kennedy on his show for a full hour. And it's not, not your thoughts on what transpired there. I, I'm not asking about that. It's it's that the reaction of the audience, and it was a big audience. I think it was a couple hundred people. I don't know how you got into the audience. I assume if it's a Fox audience, it's probably leaning a little more to the to the right than not. But the um, hey, wait, wait, you wait. You, 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 you said the audience was leaning a little bit more to the right. Have you lost all <laughs> I, confidence in Fox? I don't. I, I have no idea how someone got into the room, or if they tried ahead of time to have. Uh, let's try and get more registered Democrats in this audience, and not since Kennedy is a Democrat. So, um, I, I can't figure. You know, it's, I don't know how they how they arrange the audience. But again, several hundred people, and there was a there was palpable passion for Kennedy. I mean, there was real. Um, uh, a heartfelt interest and an applause for, for him when he came on and for much of what he said. And I, I, so it's funny the next day I had, I had dinner with some mutual friends and I, for a lot of people, ah, he's not going ever, et cetera, but he may not be. Cause I, I have a feeling at some point, if it gets too far along, Victor, the, the news about, um, you know, his marriage, his his second marriage, and all the dirty details of that will probably come out. Carpet bombers. Yeah, there already his, are. His butt. But still, he is um, a threat. But, uh, he is connecting with people. Like it or not, think he's a kook or not. He's, he's this real signs of real connection. Anyway, your, your quick thoughts on that. Well, forget about for a second about his politics or his agendas or his activism. He's got the Kennedy name, A, and it's not Ted Kennedy. People don't have a, a good opinion of Ted Kennedy's wing of the of the Kennedy family. They do have a better opinion of the JFK and Robert Kennedy wing for, right. variety, for a variety of obvious reasons. They were yeah, martyred. They were young. Yeah. And there's no chapter. There may have been things we didn't know, but there's they were martyred. Teddy Kennedy ended up kind of a bloated. I don't know, demagogue with a terrible record of cruelty to women, drank, et cetera. It just couldn't control his appetites. Okay. And then in addition to that, he's, I know that he's in his sixties, late sixties, but he's in marvelous, apparent, you know, he has dysphonia, you know, sort of an autoimmune problem with his voice, but otherwise he's in excellent physical condition. And third, Joe Biden is polling 42 percent, 38 to 42, depending on the poll, and they are trying to extinguish this candidacy. They're so petty that they won't even extend the son and nephew of two iconic American politicians that were murdered for political reasons. They won't even extend him secret service, but that miscreant Hunter has it. So. There's a lot of built up sympathy for those reasons. Then when you get to the politics, for a lot of people, it's sort of like 
the political opportunism of 1993 or 92 or 91 Bill Clinton. In other words, when he gets on the border, he says he's worried about American jobs and union wages and fentanyl. 100,000 dead. And now he's talking about the middle and lower classes and how illegal immigration harms him. When he talks about the Second Amendment, he says he's upset about the shootings and everything, but he's not going to have a blanket near confiscation of guns, which the traditional left is. Okay. When he talks about abortion, he's clearly uh, for a woman's right to choose, but he's also a Catholic. So he has some reservations about abortion on demand. And that square is circled, it seems to me, when I hear him or read by leaving it up to the states. So when you get into free speech, he's a classic liberal, not a Democratic liberal, not a Republican liberal. But he's back to the old days when the ACLU even used to defend Nazis in Illinois marching. He just believes in it. And when you get to some of the weird things, autism and its link to vaccinations or vaccinations in general, that is the issue where they're really hitting him with. But their argument against him or their hysteria, I should say, is losing its force, its resonance. Why? Because each day we learn how rushed these mRNA vaccinations were. All of the celebrities, people in the news who seem to be young and virile and rambunctious and physically fit who are having heart problems after vaccination, the numbers of people have had untoward experiences and he, he's he's selective. He doesn't say don't get a vaccination. He just says, be careful. I'm speaking to somebody, you know, when I was. 20, I went to Egypt and they gave me all in one shot in Greece, uh, yellow fever, plague, a gamma globulin booster and typhus and tetanus. And I had the worst reaction for three months. I was sick. And then when I got home, every time I was on the farm in those days, if you cut your hand or it got hit in the head and you had some blood, you went in the emergency room. They didn't even have records on computer or anything. You didn't know. They didn't know. They just gave you a tetanus booster. In Europe, they give you one booster for the rest of your life, 10 years. And they don't feel, they feel that's enough. But I think between the years, I don't know, 1970 and 1985, I had seven or eight 10 year boosters. And the last one put me sick with a fever for three months. And I know people are going to say, well, you abused it. You took all these. Yeah, yeah. And the second, I didn't abuse it with the second Moderna that I was in bed for a week. So, and then I had long COVID. I don't know if that was due to my, the first COVID infection. I didn't have it. But second, so what I'm getting at is people like me who don't like vaccination deniers and think that vaccinations history, whether we look at polio or smallpox has been a great boon to humanity and must continue. They also do not trust this latest generation of maverick, big pharma, university, loudmouth scientists that just squash any dissent, any free speech, doctored papers. And I'm speaking at a university who just fired its president, basically forced him to resign because he had allegedly and I think incompletely defended his uh, the charge that he had doctored illustrations to make an argument on a paper, which I think will have to be retracted. And we know now that 
there's a large demand that these papers that came out under the auspices or sponsorship or cloak and dagger pushing from Dr. Fauci will have to be withdrawn, just ruling out that it was genetically impossible for the Wuhan virus to be engineered when it was. And so put all that together and the weak, the big weakness of his candidacy was his skepticism about the COVID virus, uh, virus vaccination. And he, I think that argument is shifting his way somewhat. So you put all that together and then you juxtapose it to a frail, obnoxious, corrupt, demented, uh, Joe Biden and an incompetent identity politics kind of grifting word salad speaking Kamala Harris. And he looks pretty good. He looks pretty good. And I think he'll continue to get there. His the main problem he has are twofold. What you mentioned, he like all Kennedys, he had a record of womanizing, but he was a little bit less careful because he really didn't have a sustainable political career. So he thought probably he was never going to be a political candidate. So some of the details of his affairs and second marriage are on part of the, pu- the public record. That's one thing. And, and he doesn't have a, he doesn't have a base. In other words, he's not running as a senator. He's not even running as an incumbent House member. He's not a governor. He's not even a state assembly person, much less a senator. Or he's not a guy like Mike Pompeo, who served as CIA director and secretary of state. That's a problem. Well, uh, as, but that's a problem. But the, the conversation with Sammy, you know, Ralph Nader didn't have an address either. Yeah, right? well, so, yeah, I did it. And Ralph Nader didn't have it. And he changed the election in Florida. Right. And Donald mm-hmm. Trump is, of course, the locus classicus. Do- Donald Trump had no such official title or experience. So I I think a lot of people are not just cynical. I know there's a lot of Republicans and conservatives and said, I just hope this guy runs and dethrones uh, Biden. Yeah. But if you were very cynical, you might not want him to run because I think Newsom would be a more formidable candidate than Joe Biden, even though he's an incumbent. So we'll see. But I I want his candidacy because for me, who grew up in a Democratic household and whose siblings are all Democrats, if that, maybe more to the left, I have fond memories of my parents talking about politics, but it was no more akin to the politics of the left today than you can imagine. Harry Truman was a saint. You didn't trust the commies. You had to have a strong military abortion was wrong that kind of stuff don't smoke dope um in santa cruz we sent you over there but that dorm is a zoo be careful that kind of stuff and you know it was mostly a populist democratic it was kind of like the maga movement to tell you the truth uh it was lunch budget the middle class is what you want to direct your attention toward law enforcement low taxes, less uh, government interference with the middle class. Right. And don't cut Social Security, that kind of that was what Democratic politics were. I think the problem that it had just to get off topic for just a second was that it's initiatives that I grew up with. And I can remember my mom making this. I've said this before, uh, go with her to Mexican-American areas, which were most of Selma. 
with a big jar and was called Dollars for Democrats. And we were about six and seven. We had a 1953 Ford and she was a mom at those days. She had a Stanford law degree, but nobody cared or knew about it. She would go to knock on the doors and she'd always say, we would like you to vote, register and vote for a Democratic candidate. And this is why we believe in an eight hour workday. We believe in overtime. If you have more than 40 hours a week, we believe in disability insurance. We believe in matching Social Security increases with inflation. We believe expanding Medicare. That was what it was. And we don't believe in fair housing. We don't think and we believe in civil rights. That was a Democratic Party. And all of those objectives were finalized and achieved. And after and after that, they had completely won the argument on equality of opportunity. They made a fatal error. It was a socialist, utopian, Marxist, we're going to insist by any powers necessary to get an equality of result, what we now know as forced equity. It doesn't matter if you have a quality of opportunity. If some people don't take advantage, it's your fault, you racist, homophobe, sexist, and we're yeah. going to use government to punish you and reward the victim. That wasn't the Democratic Party that Robert Kennedy is hearkening back to. And I think he's got a lot of nostalgic supporters. Yeah. I'm, I'm not one of them, I should say, but right. I can sympathize. Well, Victor, uh, you, you've mentioned Stanford, the Stanford president, and I think that's a jumping off point to talk about an infamous Stanford-related person, Sam Bankman-Fried, and we'll get your thoughts on on how he seems to uh, have dodged a, a, a bullet. And we'll get your thoughts right after these important messages. Hey folks, if you've been listening to our show, you've probably heard Victor talk about Hillsdale College. It's one of the few colleges in the U.S. still interested in teaching truth. What you probably didn't know is that they have over 40 free online courses. And Victor is one of the professors in three of those courses, American Citizenship and its Decline, based on Victor's book, The Dying Citizen, How Progressive Elites, Tribalism, and globalization are destroying the idea of America, the Second World Wars, based on his book by the same name, and Athens and Sparta, partly based on his book, A War Like No Other, How the Athenians and Spartans Fought the Peloponnesian War. Don't you wish Victor would have been one of your professors in college? Well, now you can join him as he covers some of the main ideas of his books with Hillsdale College's online courses all available for free. That's right, for free. The courses are seven to nine episodes long, and they are self-spaced, so you can take them whenever and wherever. I think I'm going to start with American Citizenship and Its Decline, where Victor explores the history of citizenship in the West and the threats it faces today. Threats like the erosion of the middle class, the disappearance of our borders, the growth of an unaccountable deep state, and the rise of globalist organizations. Hey, start your free course with Victor Davis Hansen today. Go right now to hillsdale.edu slash VDH to start. It's free and it's easy to get started. That's hillsdale.edu slash VDH to start. hillsdale.edu slash VDH. At Just the News, we break the stories others in the media ignore or are too afraid to tell. We did it on Russia collusion. Hunter Biden 
and the security and intelligence failures that preceded January 6. Our stories have real impact and reach because we stick to the facts. I'm John Solomon. You can help me expand our honest, unvarnished, and unbiased reporting by becoming a premium member at Just the News. You'll get an ad-free experience and exclusive member-only access to events, and you'll be helping us dig up more truth. Join today at justthenews.com slash subscribe. We're back with the Victor Davis Hanson Show. I'd like to urge our listeners, especially our new listeners, especially, oh, by the way, I have to say hi to Ann, uh, Ann Murray and, and the Napiers who were up there at the Napa conference I was at, very hardcore, not hardcore, traditional Catholic annual uh, meeting up in Napa. And you, and he, what, who are you, who are you, Jack? What are you doing? I, nobody cared when I said what I did. And then when I said, I, I, on the side, I also host the Victor Davis Hanson show. Oh my God. To every, everyone, everyone lit up. Everyone, they love you. I love him. I love him. I didn't pay you to say that. Tell everybody that, John. <laughs> I mean, it's really, it was, it was, uh, guy, one guy, I, I can't believe how he was. You actually know. It was like, did you touch the hem of his of his collar? You actually know him. Yeah, uh, I know. I anyway, have people um, who have a little bit different take on me than <laughs> someone that I encounter. Well, well, I'm glad I don't. I don't uh, see them, especially. though I know there's those folks in the airport who uh, knock your hat off and stuff like that. But that's their rarities. Hey, uh, well, anyway, to our new listeners, uh, check out. Um, the Blade of Perseus, that's at victorhanson.com. That's Victor's official website. Links to his American Greatness articles, his syndicated columns, the archives of these and other podcasts, his other appearances. You will try to read these ultra articles. And if you're not a subscriber, you won't be able to. And Victor writes two or three of these exclusive pieces, exclusive to the Blade of Perseus every week. And if you're a fan of Victor's writing, uh, and you're not subscribing and you're not reading them, you are shortchanging yourself. Five bucks gets you in the door. It's $50 discounted a year for the year. VictorHanson.com. So, Victor, um, yeah, uh, Sam Bankman Free. I think they're still putting, uh, you know, guys who look, they were jerks in Washington on January 6th, but, you know, people were walking through the building. It it's just, incre- it's just incredible. This yeah, is just being prosecuted and put in jail, but this clown wh- is not. And why are we dropping it? Well, we're dropping it because he's Sam Bankman freed and he right. gave a hundred million dollars that he hid by siphoning it out of this Alameda, what do you call it, research quote unquote fund that went bankrupt. And this went out to all of these people. And then he built billions of dollars out of investors who never have been reimbursed. And we have left-wing politicians who still have this money and not all of them have been willing. I think Maxine Waters, most notably have not been willing to give the money back, even though it was stolen from the investors, so to speak. And why did this come up? Because Jamaica, that superpower, that formidable enemy has told the United States, oh, you extract, you extradited him from us on a formal writ that said he was into currency racketeering manipulation, uh, you know, racketeering fraud, but you didn't put down campaign financing. And so therefore we are requesting you, threatening you with all the powers of Jamaica to drop that charge. And the DOJ under Merrick Garden said, okay, (laughs) whatever Jamaica says, we've got to do. Who knows? They might invade if we don't. When you get the impression as some clever DOJ flunky 
thought up this idea. How do we reduce this guy's right. charges since he, he made us rich in the Democratic Party? Hey, I got an idea. We'll go call these guys in Jamaica and tell them, listen, USOB, you're going to say the following. And then we're going to be ecumenical and we're a world citizen and we're going to comply. Unfortunately, we wouldn't want to uh, indict it, but we just can't because Jamaica says we forgot to include it on the former formal extradition writ. And this takes place, by the way, when Donald J. Trump is the object of a corrupt New York prosecutor. Right. And. What is he saying? He's saying that his non-disclosure agreements and payments to people like Stormy Daniels, I think there was a doorman in a hotel, right? Bragg had said that there was a doorman in some hotel. Donald Trump had a non-disclosure about Trump business, and the guy was threatening to talk about a supposed illegitimate child or something. All these rumors, they were campaign finance fraud. And they had been elevated from normal misdemeanors to felonies, kind of like what they did with Dinesh D'Souza. And you juxtapose an entire prosecutor going after Donald Trump for a few thousand dollars when this guy gave a hundred million dollars and they're doing nothing because Jamaica says, please don't. This is just absurd. And, you know, when you look at what's happening on every aspect of this witch hunt against Trump. And you look at it, it's just incredible. Donald Trump makes a phone call. He says, you know what? This family is corrupt. You guys are, have corrupt people. I'm going to delay offensive weapons. They impeach him for it. Joe Biden brags publicly. This prosecutor is not corrupt, but he's going after my corrupt son. And I'm not going to delay Weapons. And by the way, they're not offensive. They're defensive. I won't I don't approve of offensive weapons, Ukraine, but I'm going to cancel them. I'm going to look at my watch. Son of a bitch. They fired him. Nobody's suggesting that Donald Trump got anybody fired and they impeached Trump and nobody to this day. Donald Trump took out documents. OK, he may have shifted them around, but. Joe Biden took them out years ago, maybe 20 years ago, when he was a senator and vice president with not even the prerogative of declassifying that is extended to a president. He put them in three unsecured locations. Nothing. No pro special prosecutor. There is a special prosecutor for Donald Trump, but none for Joe Biden. Right. No one said that Donald Trump took money from a foreign power. We know that because a special prosecutor rammed through by the Democrats and weak Republicans. 22 months, Robert Mueller, $40 million. Did Donald Trump take money? Did he collude? Did he have illegal in, uh, relationships with Russia? No. Joe Biden, there's no question. There's no question. We have Mr. Archer. We have Mr. Bobolinsky. We have Mr. Big Guy on the uh, emails and communications on the laptop. We have oligarchs, 17 phone calls. We have papers from IRS uh, affidavits from IRS whistleblowers. No. Is there a special prosecutor analogous to Mr. Mueller? No. In other words, at best, Donald Trump may be and legal jeopardy for misdemeanors. This man is not only Don, uh, Joe Biden corrupt, but he's corrupt 
according to the definition of impeachment in the U.S. Constitution that spells out high crimes and misdemeanors as specifically treason and bribery. If you take money from a foreign connected government on the expectation that they're going to get largesse and leverage political largesse benefits from you, that's treason. And that's what he did. And there's nothing and this asymmetry, and you add that in the larger environment or context of 120 days of rioting in 2022, juxtaposed to the January 6th sentencing. And we can go down the line, but there's something rotten about this whole Biden uh, distortion, destruction of jurisprudence in the United States. And this is all on top of our local prosecutors, our department of Homeland Security and Interior on the border. These people just do not believe in the equal application of or the rule of law. Um, and not to repeat what you said, but uh, also dangerous if we have uh, this, the president of the United States is the Manchurian candidate, you know, in, or over if not, um, I have a I have an yeah. he's, he's over he's over a barrel. I have an article coming out tomorrow on American Greatness where I tried to suggest that, and Holman Jenkins did explicitly oh. in the Wall Street Journal. Uh, he, I didn't. Uh, yeah, he had it's the geostrategic implications of the Biden family. Yeah, and he, and he goes through China, Russia, Ukraine, and he looks at the decisions that you know. I mean, if you wanted to explain why Joe Biden sends people to beg over in China. And he refers to China not as an adversary or even a rival, but a partner. Or he allows his national security advisor and State Department head, Secretary of State Blinken, to be utterly humiliated and anchorage just two months into his administration. Or you want to know this inexplicable crickets about the origins of the Wuhan virus that purportedly killed a million Americans. Or you want to know why why they sent with complete impunity a balloon over the United States that photographed missile sites and bases, and he kept contextualizing, denying it, excusing it. What's the answer? The answer well, is, I think he's compromised by the Chinese the same way. I think yeah. he's, he's also, I think, and I don't have evidence for that, but anybody whose son was getting eighty, dollars $100,000 a month, and then as soon as Joe Biden stepped down from the vice presidency, he got his salary halved, right. his prima facie evidence that Joe Biden knew what Hunter was doing in Ukraine and act and was trying to act accordingly. The fact he fired a prosecutor, the fact that there are phone calls, suggestions that the big guy was sitting next to Hunter. So I, this is not sustainable. It's so bad that at some point, these media corrupt reporters, journalists, op-ed, whoever they are, they're not going to sustain this mythology. It's just too overwhelming. And there's a force multiplying factor that he's demented, that he's not yeah. able to carry on the job. Yeah. He can't do and, it. Uh, even demented may be better than who's in the on-deck circle. But um, he, well, speaking I mean, of... That, 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 go ahead. There's a difference about Kamala Harris. The Republicans and conservatives are worried about the country when it comes up to Kamala Harris, what she could do as president. The Democrats aren't. They're only worried what she could do as president to the party. 
They don't care anything else. If they, if they, if she, ha, if she was just like she has is today, and they thought she could win and hold power, they'd have no problem. Right. They don't care. They don't care the damage. Just we know that because they didn't care about Joe Biden. They knew he was inept. They knew he was senile in 2020, and they put him in the basement and hired out and contracted and bribed and cajoled Facebook and Twitter and the media to cover it up. Trump was the one called him at his acceptance speech for the 2020 nomination. He was the Trojan horse and he Biden and he damn well has proven it. Victor, there's another troubling um, Biden international matter. And that has to, uh, that's uh, Robert Malley. He's he was Biden's Iran envoy. He's been put on unpaid leave, but this I, I'm not you may have heard I'm sure you know more about this than, than I do some of the stories I've seen but very questionable about matters about his security clearance I think it was he's been denied security clearance but he was still allowed to operate in the State Department uh, with these troubles hanging over his head and they must be really troublesome if the Biden administration and its Iran envoy which is one of their prime objectives, uh, carrying on what Obama had had tried to foist on the world. Uh, when this guy is, um, he must be a doozy. Uh, anyway, Victor. Well, he's got a long history. He, he has a long, long, long history going back into the bowels of the Obama administration. He was a political hack. He can't stand Israel. He hates the whole idea of Israel. And he was a flack for Iran. And everybody knew that he should never been appointed. I mean, I feel I'm more disinterested than he should, but I, you would not make me a special envoy. You know what I mean? Not with a record of political views that would alienate a lot of people. You just don't do that. But he did. They did with him because his whole purpose was to further the John Kerry. Uh, and John Kerry, I don't believe in the Logan Act, but if there is a Logan Act and it still exists, when you see pictures of him in Paris during the Trump administration trying to undermine the Trump efforts to get out of that awful Iran deal, that's what he's there for, to give every concession possible to Iran. And the accusations are, by the way, the accusations are never the accusations in the media. If you look at media accounts, are always the problematic nature of Robert Malley or the mystery, the mystery. And uh, what's the accusation? That he had classified documents and he let Iranians look at them and to try to either show them that they should get back in the Iran deal or because he empathized with them getting out. Who knows? But he was a partisan, a rank partisan who had strong prejudices about Israel and Israel's allies in the Middle East and our posture toward Israel. He should have never had that job. This was if this didn't happen, you'd have to invent it. It was inevitable. And why these guys get a pass? They destroyed Michael Flynn for the so-called Logan Act threats. And John Kerry just. He was openly and unabashedly talking to people with Iranian connections about serious national security issues during the Trump administration in a fashion that was at odds with official policy. And that's pretty clear from who he met with and why. And yet this guy, the same thing. We, they just give him a pass on, uh, oh, he had a security violation. That's it? 
that's it. Why don't we investigate and get a special prosecutor and see what documents he allowed the Iranians to see and why? And the State Department, by the way, Jack, never told Congress. It never it hit it. The right. Congress is just the only reason we're knowing anything about this is that guy from Texas, McCall. He's right. really good. He's the one that's demanding some information. And belatedly, Christopher Ray's FBI is involved. But, you know, they say, well, we don't have any details. The FBI, oh, we don't can't answer that. But he should have never, never been in that position. Well, Victor, we have uh, one more interesting topic, I think, to get your views on, and that's Ron, Ron DeSantis, the um, reboot of his campaign, of a, a sort of a reboot in the face of his current polling numbers. And then also in the last few days, some comments he's made about uh, Mitch McConnell, the, the Senate Republican leader who blanked out um, at, at a podium earlier this week, had to be led away. Um, not sure what happened, showing his age a little bit, I, I guess. But uh, DeSantis um, used that as an opportunity to say it's time to pass the baton. Mitch McConnell's over 80, pass it to a younger member of the of the Republican leadership or Republican uh, caucus. And let's get your views on DeSantis, Victor, but we'll do that right after uh, this final important message. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with BiteClear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. BiteClear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Back with the Victor Davis Hanson show. I'd like to encourage our listeners to visit civilthoughts.com and when you go there you can sign up for the free i said free weekly comes out every friday emailed newsletter i write uh compose compile and it, it i have 14 uh, so suggested readings of articles i've come across the previous week at interesting publications city journal spectator unheard quillette victor <laughs> victor davis hansen's website the blade of Perseus. And uh, this, it's again, it's totally free. It's a link. It's an excerpt. There's no cost for not selling your name. I think you'll enjoy it. I do that for the Center for Civil Society at American, what used to be called American Philanthropic. It's now called Amphil, where we are um, we are intent on strengthening civil society. So please, please check that out. Okay, Victor. So DeSantis 
uh, his poll numbers are uh, falling. Trumps are holding firm and maybe even increasing a little. He there was a there was a, a bit of a mini scandal of sorts with the uh, DeSantis's campaign staff. He got rid of a lot, so there's this big talk of a reboot. I don't know that it matters one way or another. But your views matter, and then DeSantis's commentary on. Mitch McConnell passing the baton. Victor, would you uh, share your views on these two DeSantis matters? Well, first of all, about age, um, it's not chronological. Chronological can explain a lot, but it can't explain everything. You know, I mean, Isocrates supposedly lived into his 100. Sophocles died at 92, and when his son tried to appropriate his estate, he read from the Oedipus at Colonus as proof in his 90s that he could still compose brilliant tragedy. And when I got to Hoover, there was a donor who was a Martin Anderson, not the Martin Anderson, another Martin Anderson that had been a Marine with a heroic record in Korea. He was Swedish and he had ties to Central Valley. So he approached me if, that he would like to help me at the Hoover with your the endowment, and you know how I met him, Jack. That was no. tw that was twenty one years ago. I met him at his daughter's home in Clovis, California, uh, Sunnyside, California. And you know where he was. I showed up on time, but he wasn't quite there. You know why? He'd been jogging for six miles, six miles, and at that time he was seventy six years old. He's 96 today. Every time I've talked to him, he's clearer than I am. I've met, you know, Tom Smith, the, the great yeah, philanthropist. Sure, Tom is oh, my God. I look at him and I see his thick hair and yeah. his, he was the last time I had bumped into him. He was explaining about balance. And Victor, do you stand on one foot? The guy is complete. He looks like he's 60. Yeah, and, he can beat and, me up. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so I'm not bashing older people, but when you see Dianne Feinstein and you see Mitch McConnell and you see Nancy Pelosi and you see Joe Biden, and maybe it's the Sturm and Drang of politics, maybe it's too... I don't know, stressful, and it makes people age. Maybe we're asking too much, but they act in a way quite differently than Barack Obama or Ron DeSantis or anybody. And I'll give credit to Donald Trump. He doesn't look like he's 76 at all. And he must have some kind of animal energy because according to reports, he sleeps four or five hours, but he has a, an enormously strong constitution. He aced the Montreal assessment. You think Joe Biden would even be given that exam? So my point is, it's not age, but these people have aged in an accelerated fashion and can't do the job. You can't be the Senate former majority leader and minority leader, and then right in front of every just blank out. Can't do it. Or you can have can't be Diane Feinstein when somebody has to whisper in your ear what to say. Or you can't be the president of the United States and think we're fighting the Iraq war in Ukraine or that Mr. Zelensky is Vladimir Zelensky or you don't know where to go. Or you fall all the time. Donald Trump had one slight little pause in his gate. The next thing he, we knew, he was supposedly senile and had to be tested. So another thing for conservatives, if you're not worried about Mitch McConnell, then you shouldn't be 
worried about Dianne Feinstein. You go, you don't go and just say, oh, Dianne Feinstein's senile, even though she's much older than Mitch McConnell, because she has the same type of pauses that Mitch McConnell had. Same thing. And Pelosi did too. So I, these are people that came out of the, what the irony, they came out of the baby boomer 60s revolution when they were in their 30s, right? 60 years ago, 50 years ago. And that was a youth movement. So these are products of the youth movement that was going to replace all of these geriatric 1950s, Stena, Strong Thurman, uh, Tip O'Neill, Wilbur Mills. Remember all those guys that were old that ran the House and Senate? No, no. McCormick, John McCormick. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And these are the guys that were going to come in, uh, and they did. And they've been there 40 years, 30, 40 right. years. And so it's time to step down for all of them. And Ron DeSantis told the truth. And everybody went ballistic. He also told the truth about this new uh, black studies uh, revised curriculum that had a lot of very well-known black scholars who mentioned in passing that if you re read the entire passage, that a defiant, emboldened uh, African-American community, despite being enslaved, was not extinguished. And they were able to, under horrible circumstances, gain skills that helped explain why and maybe them alone could excel during reconstruction etc and you know who else said that the critical race theory version only difference was nobody criticized them for saying almost the exact same thing but so i was really disappointed also by tim scott and byron donald's attacking him uh desantis for that nothing wrong what he said it was, it was just and he, he didn't say he felt that he just replied when somebody asked him about this passage in uh, a huge long text. And they picked out this one citation as far as his uh, campaign. I, I wrote a column, so I'm not trying to just think on my feet, but. As I said to Sammy, this is <laughs> if we were talking about the election of 2008, I went back and looked at this period in July, Jack. It was a sure thing, Hillary versus Giuliani. Right. If we were talking about it in 2004, it was Howard Dean had it sold up for the Democrats, sold up. He, until his, yeah, <laughs> until that yell, he was on his way, we were told, to the White House against an unpopular Bush in the next year and a half. If we were talking about 2012, it was Mike Huckabee. And it, it just, you can go back through the history of it. LBJ in the summer of 1967 was going to run. He didn't quit till March of 2000, uh, 1998, uh, 1968. So it, there's so many variables about his popularity. But I mean, we've never had two presidents, one ex-president, one current president run against each other since 1912 when Taft and Roosevelt did it. We've never had a president, a presidential candidate who the walls are really closing in on Joe Biden. We've never had a presidential rival candidate who is a victim. And I think he is a victim of four prosecutors on a vendetta to indict him, to delay it, to put him in jail and to neuter his candidacy after he's nominated. This is all new and we don't know what's going to happen. So we should all sit tight. One thing that I think DeSantis is doing wisely 
And that is, uh, and I only say that, Jack, because I was on Megan Kelly and asked to respond to a 30-minute interview that he gave. I don't know why he's not doing that. I think he will be doing that. I should revise that. But he is very good. Megan Kelly was really wowed by him. And you know her. She's pretty tough. And the, right. the question she asked him, you know, why are you, if you're so popular, why are you approval? He answered every question in detail. And if he'll go on the media, he should be on an interview every single day because that's what he does very well. Yeah. He does very well. I think uh, – Well, that I was think, one of the knocks against him. That uh, I don't know how true it was, but that he wouldn't take tough questioning. But if you're going to sit – Megan, Megan, Willie unloaded. Megan's a great interviewer. She unloaded on him and he handled everyone to her and she was very magnanimous. And I'm not sure she is going to support dissent. I don't know who she would support. She's been very complimentary of Donald Trump. But the idea that he can't handle his own, if I was him, I would go on the view, even mix it up because he can handle he can handle it. And he'll do very well. But his problem right now is that there's two narratives that dominate the news. One is Donald Trump's indictments, which is Trump. And the other is Joe Biden's corruption, which is Biden. And there's no oxygen for anyone else. So he has to break that cocoon to that's a terrible metaphor, but break open somehow and get in there and be exposed because to be exposed helps him. And that's not true of most politicians. The more we got to know uh, Kamala Harris, the less we were impressed. The more we got to know John Kasich, the less we were impressed. The more we got to know Chris Christie, 2016, the less we were impressed. Even a good, solid guy who I really like, Scott Walker, the more that he got out there, the le- the, the. But I don't. Right. I, uh, but DeSantis has the opposite problem. His polls went down the less he was seen and heard by the public. The more that he's seen and heard, I know that that's kind of people are going to listen and say, Victor, he's he's not charismatic. Come on, he's. He can handle things. Trump is more charismatic, but Trump doesn't have the facts and the information is fingertips. And so it's one uh, does half dozen of one, half dozen of the other. Yeah, it's also, you know, it, it, to every season, right? I mean, who knows what the mood of the American electorate will be? You don't know. A year from now, and it I, might I, be something that yearns for a non-charismatic person. Yeah, quote, yeah, quote, charismatic. yeah. and I don't know what the attitude toward this vendetta against Trump will be because these, you know, everybody says, well, Victor, aren't these just made up? There's nothing to it. Yes, there's nothing to it. Yes, they're made up. But that didn't stop Robert Mueller. And that didn't stop the FBI and Twitter. And I think had they been honest, Donald Trump would have never been impeached. The impeachment followed the disappointment from Robert Mueller on the left. They were sure that that and that really hurt the Trump administration. And the same thing is true about the Russian disinformation. Yes, it was completely preposterous. It was cooked up by Anthony Blinken calling morale, the former interim FDI, Mike Morale, and trying to cook up those, quote unquote, 51 experts. But it did play a role. It hurt Donald Trump and that Trump. Second debate when Biden can say, oh, don't you know, 51 authority agree with me. Ha ha. And the people saw that. And what could Trump say? 
And if he had said the truth, I think he kind of hinted, well, who, these guys are completely bought off or bastardized. They would have said, oh, there he is attacking the FBI, CIA, distinguished yeah. beltway resumes, et cetera. So, you know, it's we don't know what the reaction will be when these out of control prosecutors, three state prosecutors, one federal, just keep piling on these superfluous indictments and. And you, especially when you juxtapose it to the sweetheart deal that collapsed for uh, Hunter That's Biden. Right? Yeah. I mean, it's a, but it, it's a. It just gets. I, I think it backfiring. I don't. I, I. It gets me so angry with the way they're treating Trump compared to Hunter Biden. It's just a joke. And yeah. same thing with Biden. But I'm not stupid. I understand what they're trying to do. They're trying to take a former president of the United States who's leading the Republican Party, and they're trying to get people like me so angry that they won't consider any other alternative. And that's probably what most people feel. And then as soon as he gets the nomination, these things are going to start. It's just like eggs rolling down. When a little kid, you know, there was hens in the coop. We were had to open the lid and they rolled down around. They're just going to roll down. And they're going to be collected. And that crazy Fannie Willis in Georgia on a, on a phone call is going to start indicting him. And every time Trump objects to the unfairness of Smith and his past record of being unfair, they're going to add another indictment. And this crazy brag, I don't know, you know, 30 something indictments. And when you add this the James person about overvaluing real estate assets, their whole point is to layer them, layer them, layer them. And then even if judges dismiss them by the dozens, there'll still be enough there. And then hauling before an er, a Washington jury, Miami jury, I don't know, New York only, jury, New York, yeah. New York jury. And then nullify the evidence and convict him and win the election. And so that's going to become more apparent. And I don't know the reaction to that. And nobody else knows. You don't know if the, if the supporters of Trump will say, uh, this is so angry. I want to win the election with him in jail. Or they're going to say, oh, my God, these SOBs have found a way to outsmart us. And I'm tired of this. Can't we get a guy that has the MAGA agenda and will get elected and pardon Trump and get him out of this misery and this unfairness, or I don't know what or what will happen. And nobody else knows. We've never had anything like this before, Jack. We've never had anything. They never even attempted this. They didn't do it with Richard Nixon. He he was pardoned, but it was smarter, by the way, of DeSantis to say that he would pardon Trump because yeah. that tells the Trump supporters that, he may be Trump's rival, but he sees the injustice that's being applied. And then it also might mitigate Trump's attacks on him. I think that there was a, you know, a, a subtext to that statement as well. But, the you know, the uh, one thing that DeSantis has accomplished, if you go to the bulwark or you go to Politico or you go to see they hate him as much as they hate Trump. They really do. They're yeah. just obsessed with him. And I think that's a good reminder to everybody that when George W. Bush was running, they called him a brown shirt in 2004 for reelection. They called him a Nazi. Right. And it wasn't just the fringe. It was John Glenn and people like Garrison Keeler that really just 
libeled him and they called Dick Cheney horrible names, just horrible Nazi this. I know because I researched it and I wrote a lot about the Nazi accusation, how unfair it was, which is kind of ironic now, given Cheney is seems to have forgotten that he was on the receiving end of the Donald Trump treatment. Yeah. And he it's might want to believe you mentioned John Glenn did that. I totally yes, he forgot did. about that. Yeah, he did. And he, he is a one of the great head scratchers of yeah, he American politics. American American hero. He got in that Mercury and he risked his life. He was very brave. He was a very decorated um he was a fighter pilot in korea yeah, he, i think he yeah. flew with ted williams uh, uh yeah i mean everybody but he did say that yeah. and yeah. i think he said something like it's the old nazi business and you know it's the same thing with mccaffrey trump is a liar mcraven he should these are all four stars he should be removed it's it's matters it's uh the, yeah. the Mussolini Nazi you can I yeah. think I, I wrote an article I can count them up there are like nine of them nine different accu liar cheat should be kicked out of office Nazi like Mussolini like I couldn't believe it all and con contrary to the Uniform Code of Military Justice Article 88 but you know and when you write something about that nobody writes you and says you, thank you for pointing this out. It's how dare you ever talk about veterans when you haven't served. It's the end of story. Well, Victor, you, we have come to the end of uh, the near end of this uh, episode. We thank our listeners, especially for your new listener. I hope you're enjoying the Victor Davis Hanson show. It's uh, four times a week, twice with this lunkhead and twice with the great Sammy Wink. And if you Listen on Apple slash iTunes. You can rate the show um, zero to five stars and you can leave comments. We read the comments and I've got two. Uh, this one is titled Superb Classic Prodigious Output. This man has an opinion on everything and I usually agree with everything he has to say. Even if you don't, You'll find yourself amused, delighted, and provoked. And that's by LI1111. And we thank um, Lai, a man or woman. Uh, thank you very much. And then there's a second one. It's, it's titled Love VDH. Only got four stars. You know why? It says Love VDH. But the more Jack Fowler talks, the more I turn off. I used to listen daily, but find myself searching other podcasts more and more, missing the early episode with Victor's commentary exclusively. Joyful one waiting. I don't ever remember Victor exclusive uh, podcast, but you know what? People are allowed to have their daydreams and fantasy. So, well, hey, thanks, Joyful One Waiting. And sorry, I'll try to talk talk less. And, and, and if you're listening right now, don't worry. There'll only be about 10 more seconds of talking. So, hey, Victor, thanks so much for sharing all the great There's a big difference today. between you and Jack. Between you and me, Jack, what is I don't it? I don't read out, <laughs> I don't read out loud the emails I get in criticism of myself. Well, I, just, I suggest you don't either. <laughs> it's for, it's it's to get me get maybe maybe it's like lashing, you know, <laughs> some time off in purgatory. Yeah, yes, yeah. I some these people, you know, they they're right to right to say what they what they think. I encourage, we all um, encourage and, it. We want people to be candid. We learn from yes. it. I learn from it. 
Yeah, absolutely. So, hey, thanks, Victor. You were terrific today as usual. Thanks, folks, for listening. We will be back. And thanks, AMAC, for sponsoring. And we will be back soon with another episode of The Victor Davis Hanson Show. Bye-bye. Thank you again for listening. Much appreciated. It's Amanda Head, and I am thrilled to introduce to you my new exciting podcast, Furthermore, with Amanda Head, broadcasting weekly from sunny Los Angeles, California, and brought to you by the dynamic Just the News Podcast Network. On this fresh and engaging podcast, I delve into the latest news with a little bit of a twist, exploring the furthermore of every story. But this isn't your typical run-of-the-mill news commentary or politically charged program. I interview a diverse range of guests, including business leaders, entertainers, musicians, educators, experts, politicians, and many influential figures from both the United States and around the world. So why not make your Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays a little more interesting? Tune in on your preferred podcast platform and discover furthermore with Amanda Head on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. And don't forget to hit that follow or subscribe button and be sure to download the latest episodes. I can't wait to have you join me on this exciting journey.